powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Let's go. Bible's up. Let's make our confession of faith. I'm lifting my phone because I've got the Harvest Mobile app. I feel like preaching today. Somebody say, Lord, speak to us. We are ready to hear. So let's tell them that. I'm ready to hear. Then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, do what you do when you do how you do when you do it because you do it so well. We pray that we are ready to receive. We rebuke distractions now. And Father, we cast down every imagination that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. What does that mean? Anything that's trying to get on our mind to keep us from the word you're about to release to us. We declare that this is going to be a, man a fantastic week. We declare this is going to be a week of favor. We declare this is going to be a week where we see your hand move on our accord in the name of Jesus. We declare no weapon that is formed against us would prosper every tongue that rises in judgment. We thank you that it is condemned. We declare this is a week we see more of your shalom. That is your peace. Nothing is missing and nothing is broken and nothing is lacking and all is well. And nothing is missing and nothing is broken and nothing is lacking and all is well. And nothing is missing and nothing is lacking and nothing is broken and all is well. And we give you glory for it in Jesus' name. Can I can we give God a praise right here 915 in this building and online? He inhabits when you put a praise in the atmosphere. He sits down when you put a praise in the atmosphere. I'm not being emotional, baby. I'm being spiritual. Somebody say yes, Lord. Let's go to work, 915. So our series is Christianity 101. 101 comes from a collegiate term, simply meaning the basics or the foundation. And a week ago, we did this message, Say His Name, and I talked to the name of God because God is not actually God's name. God is a title that comes from a 6th century term, Gudan, which I explained the meanings of that to you. And then on Wednesday, we went deeper that God is all of that and more. Now, uh, the term or the title God, it means this, to call upon. Now, since God is a title, that means that title can be ascribed to anyone or anything you do the following things to. Number one, to call upon or request of. Who do you think has power? 
Because whoever you think has power that you make your request of, that is literally your God. Based on that definition, some of you have made your spouse your God. Because whenever there is an issue, you make your requests of them instead of your requests of God. What would happen if you stopped fighting with people and went around people and went to God in the first place and said, listen, I am going to go pray about this before I ever have a conversation with you. Because if I go talk to God about it, God is going to do what he needs to do to you to get you to get me what it is I'm asking for. That's why the Bible says the heart of the king is in his hand. What does that mean? God says, if you come to me, I'll make people in power favor you. If you will pray to me, I will make your boss favor you. You keep trying to get kudos and brownie points with people on the earth. And instead, God says, you make your request known to me and I will deal with them. Secondly, to invoke. Who do you appeal to? What is an appeal? It means something went wrong and I didn't get it to go the direction I wanted it to go. And so I needed to make an appeal, which means I went above your head. Question, who do you make your appeals to? Because the sad thing about some Christians is that you don't even appeal up, you appeal down. You are gossiping with people about your issue rather than going to God about your issue. How are you going to go to somebody that is at your level or below your level that doesn't have the authority to fix the situation that it's at a higher level? In other words, God says, if you make your appeal to me, your invocation to me, God says, this is what makes me your God. Then it means to libate, to pour out to. Who do you pour your heart, or your heart out to? The song we say during praise and worship says, I pour out my heart to you. Heart in the Bible means your mind. There is no difference between this heart and this heart. If you ever hear that, you need to know you're hearing fallacy. You're hearing error. In the scripture, in the Old Testament, it is the Hebrew word uh, lev, L-E-B, which means your mind. In the New Testament, it is the Greek word cardia, which means your mind. Check this out. God says, who do you pour out your mind to, your heart to? Because many of us, we call our friends and we libate. Okay, here it is. We turn on some music while we're driving down the highway. And you pour out your heart as if the song is hearing what you're saying. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. For some of us, watch me, you pour out your heart to yourself. Because you will be driving down the street, no music on, just talking to yourself. I wish y'all wouldn't look at me with that tone of face up in there. Who do you pour out to? Because question, if I'm pouring out, the goal is that they've got something to pour back in. And you got to be careful if you're pouring out to people that do not have the ability to pour back into you. Because when you leave that conversation, you're going to feel worse than you did when you walked in there. Which is the reason why you can say, thank God for friends. Thank God for my BFF. Thank God for all of the people I can run to. But I got a God. Come on in here. That I can run to. And when I pour out my heart, he's going to pour back into me. When I tell him what's stressing me out, he's going to give me a plan of victory. I need you to open your mouth and say, God, I pour out to you. You run into your friend. She ain't got no answer. She got her own struggles. <laughs> then the last meaning means, the last meaning means, the last meaning means your source. So again, the term God can be applied to anything you do these things to. Your source. Where do you get your information from? What's your source? And I talked a lot about this in the last couple of messages because many times the, we don't check the source of the information. And so consequently, you operate off of information that is not accurate because you never checked the source. You ever seen somebody that was lying and you knew they were lying because they're talking? If you live in America, it's very easy. Turn on the news and you'll see liars all the time. 
I need you not to look at me like that because I promise you, I'll, I'll, I need you not to do that. I need you not to do that. Uh, what do you mean? How do you know they're lying? They're talking? Telling the truth doesn't seem to be in their ability. This is very easy if you live in America. You can see it. We see it every single day on the news from lots of different places, from D.C. to L.A. Where do you get your information from? See, if, 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 if the Lord is your source, since he and his word are one, that means I get my information from the word. So the reason I'm not stressing out over what's going to happen in the world is because the world isn't my source. I wish you acted like you don't care whether the Dow is up or down because if God be for you, who would there be against you? I'm not really concerned about what's going on in the housing market. Why? Because God's got me covered, baby. I'm not really concerned about 10% unemployment. Why? Because God's got me covered. I get my information from a different source. So because I get my information from a different source, I'm not really upset about what other people are upset about because my information tells me he makes all things work together for my good, which means he'll take the worst, he'll take the bad, he'll take the ugly, he'll take the stank of light, y'all ain't no tough, he'll take the ratchet, he'll take it all and make it work together for me so I'm not worried because it's working. I dare you to say I'm not worried because it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working. It's another source I get my information from. Then it means origin, spring, and authority. Authority. So what's the authority in your life? For some Christians, your authority is how you feel. And I know this because during worship, if we don't feel like it, we don't do it. When the Bible commands certain things, the psalmist said it like this, I command my soul to bless the Lord. Command means you're going to do what I said or you're about to lose you. What's my soul, my mind, thoughts, will, and emotions? So even if I'm emotional, I command myself, lift up your hands. Why? Because he's been good to me. Even if I don't feel like it, I command myself to shout. I command my, and sometimes you got to learn how to get over the people around you that won't do it with you and say, listen, you don't have a heaven to put me in. You don't have a hell to put me in. I command my soul. So look, I taught you this. I taught you three I am statements from God last Sunday. I am, which means before you had a problem, he created a solution. The second one, I am the Lord that brings you out and takes you in. So we looked at this, uh, that God, he told Abraham, he says, I took you out of the Ur of the Chaldeans, where you grew up and what that comes with, and I took you into a promised land, which for you and I is not a piece of land, it's a promised life, a life of shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all as well. Doesn't say anything about perfection. It just means I see progress. Who can be honest that the truth is you can say there's nothing that's perfect in my life, but let me tell you, I see a whole lot of progress. Your marriage may not be perfect, but at least y'all can stand one another now. Yep. Y'all ain't gonna talk to me. Your kids may not be all the way right, but at least now they come to you for prayer. I need you to celebrate progress. I need you to celebrate progress. Then this last one, I am Alpha and Omega. I am beginning and the end. Got it? Now, uh, uh, on Wednesday, I taught you that Jesus is all of that and more. And I gave you these phrases. 
because the name of the Lord, yad vav Yahweh in Hebrew is short. Jehovah in English is short. And it means what? The Lord. Say, the Lord. Now, which is different than Savior. The Lord is different than Savior. See, Savior means I only run to him when I need something. I only go to him when I'm struggling with something. I only pray when I'm stressed. If I'm not stressed, I ain't praying. I only go to church if we're having family problems. Other than that, we good. I only worship if I lose my job. Other than that, I ain't worshiping. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. But I, I think there's a few of us that could say, we've graduated from him being my savior to where he's my Lord. What does that mean? He runs me. Ha! <laughs> Listen, fellas, you better hear me. You ain't no punk because you let the Lord run you. That's the strongest type of man there is. A man that knows how to be under authority is the strongest type of man there is. The man that knows how to follow directives is the strongest type of masculinity there is. You're not tough because you're disrespectful and unsubmitted. You're weak. Jesus on period. Listen, Jesus said, Jesus said, Bible, Bible defines him as meek. Meek doesn't mean weak. Weak means submissive. So Jesus knew when to rise up and say, uh-uh. And he knew when to say, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. When he's your Lord, you know when to be bold and you know when to be quiet. When he's your Lord, when you, the word says to do something you don't want to do, it is not a negotiation. It is a, well, he said what he said. And he meant what he said and I don't get to change it because I don't like it this week somebody say he's my lord see when he's my lord that means he runs you in the south we had his saying said you don't run nothing can I just get you to say it like you from the south say you don't run nothing see but if you're your lord you think you run something which explains your struggles in life and your struggles with God because your whole life you fight to be right, which is why you never get what you want. Because everything you do, it's like Jezebel. Everything she did, her name means not exalted. Everything she did in life, she was trying to exalt herself. Everything she did in life, she was trying to exalt her will over the will, even of who she married. She marries a weak man because she thinks she's going to run him and not realizing that that ain't what she wanted in the first place. The man she married, his name is Ahab. And Ahab let her basically do everything that she wanted to do. In 2006, they find that Jezebel had a signet ring, which means she was signing her own documents when she was supposed to use the signatory of the king, which means you tried to create your own identity up under his identity, and you still ain't happy. What are you trying to tell me, Bishop? I'm trying to tell you that when Jesus is your Lord, that means I find myself in him. I'm not trying to figure out my life. I find my life in Jesus. I'm not trying to do my own thing. My thing is to do his thing. It is not my will. It is his will. It's not what I want. It's what he wants. And when I give him what he wants, he'll make sure I lack for nothing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you which means the reason you don't have lack is because he's your Lord but if he's not your Lord that means you are responsible for providing for yourself which explains why some people are depressed which explains why some people have anxiety which explains why some people have fear and panic that gnaws on them from the inside out because the truth is you are your Lord but when he's your Lord 
You can sit back and say, wow. That show looks like a whole lot going on. But baby, I am not my own. My God takes care of me. That's why some of you had coronavirus and other people were saying they may not make it. And you said, but God's got me covered. Other people are worried about the economy and you say, God's got me covered. Other people are worried about their relationship and you say, God's got me covered. I dare you on the count of three, if you know he's your Lord, just release a praise. One, two, three, go. He's my Lord. I ain't worried. I am not worried. Somebody say, he's my Lord. I'm not worried. That's above my head. Just not worry. <laughs> so look, I taught you five. The, the term Jehovah or Yahweh means the Lord, my Lord, not my Savior, my Lord. See, he starts as Savior. That's how we meet him. But then he shifts into Lord. Listen, never box people in to how you meet them. Because if you box Jesus into how you met him, he's just your savior. Some people have boxed you into how they met you. And when they met you, you were weak, but they haven't seen that lion. Mm. That's been rising up on the inside of you. The Bible said that the righteous are as bold as a lion. See, when they met you, you were struggling, but you ain't struggling no more. When they met you, you weren't sure of yourself, but now you figured out exactly who you are. When they met you, you were needy, but now you're the one that meets the needs of other people. When they met you, you were the borrower, but now you are the lender. Somebody say, don't box me in. Don't box me in. I know how you met me. Don't box me into that. Because I'll shift on you. You ain't saying that to me. I, I know how you met me, but I'll shift on you in a minute. They met you and you were working for the company, but you about to shift to owning that joker. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. They met you and you didn't know the Lord, but now you're the most spiritual person in your whole circle. I, open your mouth. Say, don't box me in. So I gave you these five Jehovah blanks or Yahweh blanks. The Lord, my. And the first one I gave you was Maka, which means he shall strike. Not Makarena, but Maka, which means he's the Lord <clears throat> that shall strike. In other words, we, we learned this on Wednesday that he's the Lord that disciplines because he loves us. L listen, listen. Discipline is proof of love. Correction is proof of love. The lack of it is the absence of love. Don't be mad at your friend that says you were foul for that. You know what? Bye. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Pick up the phone. And you say, you know what? You're right. The friend that just sits there and laughs and says, you a cold somebody, ain't it? There's a lack of love for you. Because they see you being destructive, but they don't care enough to risk the relationship. You need some people in your life that'll risk you not fooling with them no more. Because they got to tell you the truth because they love you. you. Then the second one is Hosinu, my maker. He's my maker. And here's the thing. He's the Lord, Jehovah Hosinu, Yahweh Hosinu. means he's our maker. Here's the deal, guys. When he's making us, we don't get to tell him what to make us into. And so, like, if you're trying to consult God on the making process, like, wait a minute, I don't like this. Change this. Like, this is not plastic surgery. You don't get to have it how you want it. You don't get to take a picture of who, watch me, who you want to be. 
and take it to the doctor and say, make me into this person. Instead, he's going to make you into how he sees fit. Because the potter never consults the clay about what the potter is making the clay into. And for some of you, a lot of your stress is because you're trying to consult. You are literally trying to tell God, well, I don't really want to be like this. I want to be like this. And God is like, but for what I need you to do, I need you to be like this. See, for some of you, you got a lot of mercy because of how what you're called to do is going to require mercy. For some of you, the way you're gifted determines how you're afflicted. And you don't get to determine how he makes you. Here's the next one. Sid canoe. It's not to Sid canoe. It's Sid canoe. He is the Lord or Jehovah Sid canoe. Yahweh Sid canoe. Uh, Sid canoe. The Lord our righteousness. What is righteousness? That's right standing with God. So what does that mean? If you don't pay your phone bill, they're going to eventually turn it off. Right? Okay. Now listen. They 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 have pre off and then off off. <laughs> don't y'all look at me like y'all don't know about pre off and off off. Pre-off is when people call. That's when the first three days after you're supposed to pay it. And they just say, you're not accepting calls right now. And you didn't know it because it lets you call out. But when people called you, they said, something must be wrong with the signal. Off-off is when the lady come on the phone and basically tells your business and say, we ain't got payment this month. She don't even tell people that you ain't, you know, you, they ain't accepting or receiving. They ain't giving or receiving no calls. What does that mean? You're not in right standing with the phone company, which means, everybody listen, when I try to use the benefit, I can't access it because I'm not in right standing. I've got it, but can't use it. So him being our righteousness means I'm in right standing with God, which means when I pray, I'm not doing it based on how good I've been. When I worship, it's not based on how good I've been. It's been because he paid the bill once and for all. I need you to open your mouth and say, Jesus paid it all, paid it all. Paid. So since I'm righteous, that means since he's made me righteous, I can live righteously. Find the reverse. I'm not trying to do right so I can be right because he made me right, I can act right. It is the difference from trying to be something than because I am, I do something. And many people, what we do is you think I am performing for the Lord. Now realizing I am righteous, so that gives me the ability to tell you no. I am righteous. That gives me the ability to forgive that hurt me. I am righteous. That gives me the ability not to cuss you smooth out. Even though you look like you need one. I wish you knew that you had seen some people in your life. But for just a moment, you wanted to take your cross off, take your harvest apparel off, and talk to them in tongues they didn't need no interpreter for. I must be the only one. Look, 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 look. On period, Bishop, listen. He makes me in right standing with him. Right, here's the next one that I gave you. This is review. Je Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord, my what? Provider. He's my provider. And I taught you this on Wednesday, that Jireh is actually a place. So it's a place where God provides, which means if I don't follow the instructions to be in the proper place, then I won't experience the provision because the provision comes with a place. He creates places before he creates people, which is why you got to stop being wishy-washy about the places. <laughs> then the last one I talked to was Rafika, not Rafiki from Lion King, Rafika. 
Jehovah Rofika, Yahweh Rofika, the Lord my healer. He's the God that says, I heal you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I don't just heal your body, I heal your soul. I heal the thing your daddy said to you when you were 13 that you've been carrying. That's somebody in this building. I heal, I heal everything about you. Somebody say, he's my healer. So here's what I want to do in today's message. I want to teach you from three things that Jesus never said. Because sometimes to learn what Christianity is, you have to first learn what it is not. And since Jesus and his word, which is the Bible, uh, are the same thing, when we say Jesus never said that, what we're really saying is the Bible never said that. So today's message is Jesus never said that. Say it with me. Jesus never said that. Say it with me again. Jesus never said that. So John 1.1, so that you see this. Uh, English standard, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word what? Was God. Skip to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Which everybody, here's what that means. We grow closer to Jesus through his word. You cannot get closer to God and not love his word because they're the same. So if you don't like reading the word, then what you're really telling Jesus is, I don't want to date you. If we were to look at it in a romantic context. If we don't like his word, then what we're really saying to him is, I don't want to be closer to you. Which means this, sometimes what we're doing is an attempt to usurp the way to get to him. Like his love language is doing what he said. So if that's his love language, that means to get closer to him, I get in his word. So, so, so why do I listen to the YouTube and the podcast and all of that? Why? Because I'm getting closer to Jesus the more I know of his word. Because the more I know of his word, the more I know of him. Y'all got that? Somebody say, Lord, I want to be closer to you. Say it again. Say, I want to be closer to you. All right. So let's get these three phrases. Let's do these three phases. Here's the first one. God works in mysterious ways. Jesus never said that. Bible doesn't say that. And a lot of people will use this like it's Bible. You just never know what you're going to get. Forrest Gump said that. That's not Bible. See, God's ways are different than ours, but not mysterious, which is why the word shows us how he works. But if I don't know the word, I don't know how he works. So I get confused when I see something that doesn't work because I don't know how he works. Isaiah 55 and 8, it says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. So there we go right there. Because the way you think about it, God says, I don't think about it like that. So you think, God, I can't believe they betrayed me. God says, I can't believe they just set you up. For what? For breakthrough. <laughs> you say, God, I can't believe I just lost that. Heaven says, uh-uh, we don't think of that as lost. We see it as seed. Y'all ain't going to talk. You look at it one way, but heaven looks at it another way because his thoughts are not like our thoughts. I can't believe I went through this divorce. God is like, I bet you listen next time. That's the way we see it. We see it as a good lesson. But you ain't going to do that no more. Somebody say, I haven't lost. Say, just got a good lesson. Can we pause for five seconds to give God glory for the lessons? It felt like loss, looked like loss, hurt like hell. But what it really was was a lesson. My God. So look. Verse 9, verse 9, or let me finish verse 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, 
So God says, you are used to doing stuff your way, so you think that's how I'm supposed to do it. You ever gone somewhere? I remember, I remember my greatest lesson, one of my greatest lessons from Atlanta came from that restaurant I mentioned earlier. And I went, you know, I'm an alpha style, take charge type of person. So I, that's just the way I am. So I walk in, so look at Donald, we're doing this, 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 this. And we're sitting at the table. I'm famished. It's after church. This is when I was still that other version, Big Bishop. And so it was about 8 9 o'clock when we were eating. I didn't stop eating at 6. And so we walk in. I'm famished. I'm in the south. I want a Coca Cola, some fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, greens, and some bread. That's what I want. There's a lot of judgment in this room. I feel very judged right now. <laughs> this is what I want. So we walk in. We're sitting there at the table. And I said, this, and, and the lady, she comes over. She's very nice. She's very nice, but wants the principal. She says, um, so that's great. She says, the way we do it here is that you go, that pencil right, that pencil right there and that piece of paper, you write down what it is that you want. I'm going to come get that from you, and then we're going to put your order in. Now, what did I tell you I was? Famished. What's that mean? Hungry. And they didn't have a word for it at that time. But I was hangry. So she's going to tell me the way we do it here is that you're going to write it down. I said, so I got to work too? I've been preaching all day. And I got to work too? And you know what I did? After looking at her with a look of disgust, no, I'm just joking. I just look at it. After looking at her like Coca Cola. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Coke Zero. So I feel better about these calories I'm about to have. <laughs> What's the point? My ways weren't their ways. I tried to force my way on their way because I thought since I was giving them something that I was entitled to run the way. And some of y'all think you can back God because you're a faithful giver. You ain't going to say nothing to me. You think because I did this for you, God, then I get to enforce my way on to you. But the scripture says my ways are not like your ways. My thoughts are not like your thoughts. So God says they like it my way. And you're going to do it my way. Get the little pencil. Write it down. I just feel like God, you know, he just, you know, he's just, he's just, he's just in my heart. And God is like, look, you're going to do what I said to do. Or you're going to be sitting at the table waiting on an order to come when we don't have it in the first place. And I came to tell somebody today. Up until today, there's a lot of stuff you've been waiting on that heaven says you didn't do it our way to get it. But I prophesy to everybody under the sound of my voice, in the next 12, say, I shall receive. Say, because I'll do it his way. Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, <laughs> this is good, right? So are my ways higher than your ways. He says, my ways, they are higher than yours. Your ways are convenient. My ways are for change. Your ways are for comfort. My, words are, my ways are to conquer. Your ways are to please people. My ways are to please me. Ready? He says, so are my ways higher than your ways and my 
thoughts higher than your thoughts. So he says, I think about stuff on a different level. You're thinking through, through the 15th. You're thinking through the 30th. God says, I am thinking about your next decade. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking about the legacy you're going to leave for your kids and your children. You're trying to figure out how you're going to pay a bill. I'm trying to figure out how you own the company. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So he doesn't work in mysterious ways. They're just different. They're better. They're higher. Higher thoughts, higher ways. Here's the second thing. Y'all ready? That Jesus never said. Here it is. Money is the root of all evil. He didn't say that. That's not Bible. And what's amazing is the people saying that are normally got money and they're telling people that they don't want to have money, that they don't need no money. First Timothy 6.10. GWT. This, y'all notice over the last several weeks I've been adding some new translations in to encourage you to explore the app to use some of the different translations there. All right? English Standard is the number one version that we use. But in our app, we got all these different versions that are in there. And so you can literally take a scripture and pick a different version and see how it reads. Because sometimes they read more clearly like this one. First Timothy 6.10. It says, certainly the love of money is the root of, read the next two lines, all kinds of evil. Not all evil. All kinds of evil. Why is this important? Because this scripture has been misused to keep Christians poor, struggling, lacking. Because the Bible says that money answers all things, Ecclesiastes. So if Christians don't have resources, we can't be the answer to anything. And if we can't be the answer to anything, that means we have to depend on a government. Mm. That means we have to depend on people. We have to depend on a system. But I need you to say, my hope is in Jesus. Come on, y'all. I am not dependent on no government, no Republican, no Democrat, no... You can do whatever you're going to do. In fact, all y'all about to lose your job. I, I am depending on the Lord. He is my source. And since I'm a faithful giver, the Bible makes it clear I do one thing and one thing well, and that is flourish. When you look at it, the love of money, root of all kinds of evil, the, the, the slavery in America, the root of that, money. So even when you see systemic things that are in culture today, it's about money. Ultimately, it goes back to money. It's not just hatred for the sake of hate. It is hatred for the sake of money. Did y'all hear what I just said? All right. Anything that you look at, ultimately, many times, if it's evil, you will see that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But it's not the root of all evil. This is important because you need to know that God intends for you to be favored. Favorite is preferential treatment. Favor is better than money because money can buy your lawyer. Favor get you justice. Money can get you a doctor. Favor will get you healed. So I need you to not limit God to how much money you have. And I need you to say, but I've got favor. Shut your mouth. I have got favor, which means I got something that spins at a much higher rate than what you have. Even the people that don't like you got to respect your favor. Even the people that can't stand you got to respect your favor. What's favor, Bishop? It means preferential treatment, which means you're going to treat me better than it really is in the first place. Holla, I'm favored. So look at this next part. It says some people who have set their hearts on getting rich 
have wandered away from the Christian faith. And look at what they do. They cause themselves a lot of grief. So you pray for God, God gives you a job, and now you ain't in church no more. <laughs> right? I'm just, I'm just showing you. Right? You, 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 pray, you pray to be used, and then you're used, and then all of a sudden, now you're wandering, and you cause yourself a lot of grief. What's grief? Grief is our natural response to loss. Well, what do you really call yourself? In your pursuit of be trying to be rich, I want to be rich. You lose a lot. Because you're trying to get that bag instead of get that seed. Translation, if you're trying to get rich instead of get more seed to sow, see, he gives seed to the sower. He gives seed to the sower. So my goal is not just trying to get that bag and get rich. My goal is I want to give more because if I sow more, I'll see more. That's Bible. You shall reap what you sow. So he says, you caused yourself a whole lot of grief. You didn't lost a lot, baby. And you've lost a lot because your pursuit of being rich. And then you get money, but it don't fix crazy. You get money, and it don't fix bad attitude. Y'all ain't going to say that to me. You get money, and it don't fix that. Don't nobody want to deal with you, Darlene, because you do too much. You're too much extra. Who's Darlene? It's one of my characters in Messages. Incidentally, somebody told me there was, there was a <laughs> different initials of different people. I said, you know, that's creative. I didn't even think about all of that. I said, I didn't look at it that way. So I got Darlene, we got Jackie, and Shirley. Those are my church characters. All right? So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, you, you can get money, and I promise you, you can get money, but you're still seeing people with millions of dollars commit suicide. You're still seeing people with millions of dollars and they can't stay married. How you have billions of dollars? Like, baby, go buy some happiness today. Get it. Listen, we own Amazon. Go buy some today. Listen, get it on Prime. Deliver it by Tuesday. You don't love me with all this money? No. And I need some of you to stop tiring, tire, tying your value to your bank account. Stop tying your value to what you drive and where you live. Listen, it don't make you, you make it. I need you to act like when he made you, you were made in the image and in the likeness of God, and you are bigger than stuff, you're bigger than money, you're bigger than resources. Please make this declaration and say, I have value because of who I am, not what I have. He says, he says in you pursuing getting rich, Let's be clear, there's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing wrong with living nice, driving nice, dressing nice. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't let anybody ever punk you into thinking that because they didn't know the word, so they're trying to put their lack of knowledge on you. Well, Jesus was broke. No, he wasn't. Read your Bible. His disciples say, show us where you stay. That means he had a house. They were cast, throwing dice over his clothes. You don't throw dice over rags. The disciples were saying, uh, listen, why, why, did, why, did, why did Mary Magdalene, why did she, why did she uh, spend all this perfume and put it on you? Jesus said, the poor you have what you always, which means he didn't put himself as a part of that. He has 12 men on full-time staff with pay and benefits. 
Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. See, for some of you, what God is doing for you is expanding your capacity. Because you're not just going to be, watch me, a sole proprietor. You're about to hire some folk. And you're going to be blessed to be a blessing. When people in the community need work, you're going to be the channel that's going to give them what they need. You're going to literally be able to solve the issues of your city, of your region, of your community. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. All right, let's move. But at the same time, that can't be my pursuit. You see it? All right, here's the last one, and we're done. This one's good, because a lot of Christians, this one's good. Y'all ready? He ain't going to put more on you than you can handle. How many of us have ever heard that? Can I ask you this? How many of us, y'all doing a hand wave emoji online, how many of us have ever said that? Kirk Franklin had a song years ago, and I love the song, but the song ain't Bible. I, just, I love the song. I still love the song to this day. I just have to figure out how to rewrite the words. And he'll never put more on you than you can bear. And so when people go through something, you'll tell them, he ain't going to put more on you than you can bear. Where you say that? If you read your Bible, God quite regularly. You, you come here, Tim. Would you lay down for me, please? Lay down on your back. Thank you. No, you can't. <laughs> See how the saints want to do? The moment you're on your back, they want to get you, don't they? <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, okay. Would, would you... Would you Come put your picture. You okay? You good? All right. Now, this is just an example, okay? Don't y'all take no pictures and send me no emails because I promise you I'm going to respond. And I'm petty. <laughs> huh? Blue check! Listen, all right. <laughs> y'all stop. Y'all stop. All right. Can, can you put your foot on his, on his, on his stomach? No, not for real, you know, but just act it out. Okay. You, you can actually. Okay. Now, can y'all tell? Doesn't he look? Doesn't he look more solid than him? Listen to solid. Yeah, solid. Now, let me show you what God does. Because here's what you have thought for years in Christianity. He ain't going to put more on you. Then you can bear. And so then God starts like that. He's like, I got this. All things work together. And then, right, when you feel like that, he's like, okay. Now, you one person carrying the weight of two. So, in other words, he's put weight on you that exceeds you that you can't seem to get from up under. I wish some of y'all would tell the truth that there's some areas of your life right now where you feel like God got two dudes on top. I... I wish you would be honest that there's some areas of your life you feel like the weight of the world is, who am I? Look, let's see what the Bible actually says. 1 Corinthians 10, we're out of here, verse 13. Good news translation. Why you pick that one, Bishop? Because it's good news. Every test that you have experienced is the kind that normally comes to people. Somebody say, this is normal. This is normal. 
in the gym, how do you get strength? When they put more on you than you can bear. And then you learn how to bear it. Y'all going to get this in just a second. You're going to get this in just a second. You cannot gain muscle by carrying what you can carry. You gain muscle when you start carrying stuff that you can't carry. And literally the muscle will tear itself. And as it tears itself, when it grows back, it grows back stronger. I, what are you trying to tell me? Your whole life God has been putting more on you than you have the ability to bear. And that's what made you strong today. That's why you pray today. That's why you worship today. That's why you serve today. Why? He put more on me than I could bear. And somebody holler, it's normal. This is normal. He says, but God keeps his promise. He will not allow you to be tested beyond your power to remain what? Firm. Notice, while all this weight is on him, he didn't move. He stayed firm. He stayed firm. And for some of you, the weight, it's got you getting off of your place. Off of your square. You're not firm like you used to be. Your emotions run you now. What people say runs you now. If nobody's clapping, you, you now are addicted to their applause now. He says, God's not going to let you be tested beyond your power to remain firm. And look at the verse. At the time you are put to the test, that's when he's going to give you the strength to endure it. He doesn't give you the strength in advance. I remember when I would go to the gym. You better catch all of what I said. When I would go, past tense. I'm a jogger these days. I would see solid, man, these brothers are solid. Just solid, like Zeus. I mean, just solid. And I would say, God, no. I ain't doing all that. I, I'm gonna live vicariously through you. <laughs> Carry my phone for me. Let me. <laughs> solid. They didn't get solid by lifting five pound weights. They got solid because while everybody was reaching for what was easy, they went to that bottom rank to reach for what was hard. Y'all are going to catch it in a minute. And for many of you, what you've not known is your whole life, God didn't pick off the top rack. He didn't give you the five-pound weight like your friend, the 10-pound weight like your cousin, the 15-pound, the 20, the 25. No, he went down to that bottom right corner. I wish some of y'all been to the gym before. And on that bottom right corner where that big dumbbell is, he picked that joker up, put it on you, and said, now listen. I am putting more on you than you actually have the strength to carry. How do you know? Because I'm going to give you the strength once I put it on you. It's right there in the text. What are you trying to get me to understand? Whenever you feel like you're under a lot of weight and under a lot of pressure, that is God's endorsement. You miss me. That's his endorsement of you. 
I need you to stop talking about I'm just so overwhelmed. You just got endorsed. Stop talking about there's just so much pressure. You just got an endorsement. He said, I'm going to give this weight to you. I'm going to put it on you. But then when I put it on you, I'm going to give you the strength to endure it. Somebody say, he's giving me strength. He's giving you the strength to be a father. He's giving you the strength to be a mother. Giving you a strength right now to be the mama, the lunch lady, the teacher, the counselor, the dean, the, whatever you got to do. Somebody say, he's giving me the strength. I need you not to feel overwhelmed. I need you not, not to feel like you're out of your game. I need you not to feel like what you're facing is over you. Baby, you were born for this. Baby, you were built for this. You were created for this. Somebody say, he's giving me the strength. And watch this. And in so doing, look at the last part of the verse. He'll provide you a way out. So when it starts, you're like, oh my God. Here's what we'll say. Why is this so hard? Can we be honest? How many of us have ever said this? God, if you loved me. How many of us have ever said, God, why me? Here it is. God, I don't want it if that's what comes with it. But if you're going to be a history maker, let me introduce you to yourself. You are the history maker in your bloodline. You're the curse breaker in your bloodline. You're the line crosser in your bloodline. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline, which means while he's got you under this, other folk doing this. And you'll look at them and say, why do they get to be free with no pressure? Who am I talking to? Why do they not have anything? Because they ain't going nowhere. Mm. They've been where they're going. But you, I need you to open your mouth and say, my next 12. Say, well, they will be my best 12. So look. So look. He says, I'm going to put all this on you. And you're going to watch other people have no weight on them. You're going to watch other people have no weight on them. And they just living like, no, no, no. You ain't got no weight on you. No, you just up partying. Come on, party. Give him some party music. Take him to an 11:15. Give him some 11:15 trap music. Right there, right there. Oh, you gave him some EDM. Okay, we'll go with EDM. Now act like he in Denver. Give him some EDM. Stop. While they dancing, you still under pressure. While they having dinner parties, you still on the computer working. While they out hanging out, you still at the office and you the last one there. What I out posting what they doing, you looking at their life like God. Am I talking to anybody where you've ever? And the whole time, while he's partying, you under this pressure. But God said, "Look, when I put this weight on you, I'm gonna give you the strength to endure it." 
So in other words, I know you got the pressure from your family, the pressure from your job, the pressure from your finances. The I know you got all of this weight. He says, but since I gave it to you, you got this. So the strength of God be with you. The strength of God be with you. And all of a sudden now you find yourself where you were stressed out, crying, hollering, and screaming. All of a sudden you're starting to get up. All of a sudden you're starting to get up. All of a sudden what was holding you down. I wish you knew this is what was about to happen in your next 12. All of a sudden now you got the strength to get all the way up. You got the strength to get all the way up. And what was holding you down. Now you're looking at it and you can say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody say thank you Jesus. Say I've got the strength to endure. And I got the strength to end because I'm out of time. That's how it actually works. What we want to think is that we're always, come on. We want to think it's like this. You'll get there. But that's not how it starts. And there can be certain areas of your life you're like that, then other areas of your life. Then he'll come use one of them people that was partying. And now they adding to your pressure. It'll be the very people that are closest to you that will try to talk you into aborting. I wish I had some honest with him. Child, you ain't got to do all that. That's too much. Take a break. Take a day off. I know you can take breaks because you ain't going nowhere. I know that you can do it like that, but I... It don't take all of that. You want too much out of life. Well, what was I born for? What was I born for? I was not born just to be a statistic. We were not born just to be a stat on a piece of paper. Jeremiah says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I sanctified you. I set you apart. So here is the last piece, and I got to quit. Often, you're going to feel like you're the only one. Because you're not going to see anybody else in this same position. And you're going to say, I'm the only one. God, it's just me. And God is going to say, listen, you're so focused on your thing, what you didn't notice. I got somebody else right next to you. This is why I give you a church. This is why I give you a pastor. This is why I give you people to pray with you. Because the moment you feel like you are by yourself, somebody can look over and say, you better not quit. You better not stop. You better not give up. God is for us. God is for us. And I pray and prophesy that in these next 12 months, you'd have some people around you that when you feel isolated and when you feel like it's just you, they'd be able to speak life into your life. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. 
Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All of those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.